our minds away from the terrible things that are happening in the world today, away from our own personal successes and failures, and fix our minds on God and what he's done. I can only speak for myself. Uh, When I spend time in prayer and I spend time in meditation, my problems, whether it be health, financial, or family, they just don't drag me down because Christ is the answer. And when we think about it, you know, we got to get away from our own personal successes and failures and fix our minds upon God. And what God has done, we will find reason for quite joyful confidence that will last into eternity. Because of what the Bible teaches, not because of what I believe, I do believe if you study certain books in the Old Testament along with the book of Revelation, certain things have got to take place. And one of those things, it saddens my heart, but Israel, the Jews, will be driven out of their country because God's chosen nation but not very many Jews are saved. And whether we agree or disagree, it doesn't make any difference. We who have a strong spiritual standing, understanding, can, uh, when we look at these people as they did the last few days, murder women and children, cut their heads off. You know, if it wasn't from the grace of God, we could do that. And I had three people today said, not me. You know, I understand that statement. Humanly speaking, but, you know, there's not a person in this room. There are some of us healthier than others, but every one of us in this room and the two in the sound room are depraved from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. We don't like to hear it. Some of us don't believe it. But as we look into the scriptures tonight on a different area, Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. And uh, we'll be studying uh, verse 3 through 14, not verse by verse, but we'll pull out uh, nuggets from that. Uh, The outline has qualified us for the kingdom because God has qualified us for the kingdom. And that's what we're in. We're in God's kingdom 
But the devil is the ruler of this. God has changed our states and allegiance. That's why that it hurts me as much as anybody, you know. I can't imagine, you know. One of my children when they were five, six, seven, eight months old and somebody come in and cut their head off and kill them, burn them. But what we need to get to see so we can realize that I am what I am by the grace of God, I am not what I am because of me. I've heard people, good people, say, well, they could be like I am if they would just put forth an effort. Effort won't get it. Because this body is depraved. We are shocked when we find out that our kids do certain things, our our husband does certain things, our wife has done certain things. Well, who prevented them from not going? Who prevented me from not going over the top? God has liberated us. I'm free from the world every day tries to draw me in. Every day. But God has liberated me or set me free. More and important that God has uh, forgiven us. God has qualified me for the kingdom. And I hope you can say this, the same thing. Verse 12 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Now notice, it was the Father which hath made us meet already. But I've heard good Christians, and I'm not picking on anybody, I, I'm, I'm just saying that, that when it comes to spiritual things, we need to use spiritual language. And what I'm saying, God has made me, not me. When we can understand that, what it will do for you, you'll depend upon God for more. When you realize that the only reason I'm saved is that God has made me meet. God has made it possible for me to be saved. And God keeps me saved. And yes, because God loves me, if I get too far out of line, he's going to bring me back in. And you better be really concerned if you know you're out of his will and he doesn't. So God has qualified us. God did this at a time when we were not qualified. Notice verse 21. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled you. 
Notice a word that when you read the 21st verse, which word jumps out to you? It said, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet hath he reconciled. We were sometimes, and I find myself sometimes, even after 50 50 some years of being saved, I still find myself thinking the wrong way. Remember, every sin begins with a thought. We said, oh, I just, you know, I just done this. No. If the devil can control your mind, if the devil can keep you from praising God, In the book of Romans, chapter 5 and verse 8, what do we see here in, in Romans, chapter 5 and verse 8? Well, God said here in Romans 5 and verse 8, he said, but God commanded his love toward us in that while we were what? Sinners. Yet sinners. Christ died for us. He didn't save me when I began to straighten my life up. He saved me when I was still a sinner, and then he brought me out of the sin. But most of the preaching in churches, except true Baptist churches, is that you need to do this. First of all, you need to come to church you need to pray, you need to do this, you need to stop doing that. Those things may come later. All of them may never come. Why? Yeah. I have my hobby horse. I jump on it every once in a while. Not everybody's going to be in the bride of Christ. And you say, well, as long as I get to heaven, that's fine. Not me. I haven't had much here on earth, you know, according to worldly things. But I want the, I want the front seat in glory. And that's left up if I keep my mind on God and not on self. This is only possible through the death of Jesus Christ. We see that in, in, in our text in Colossians 1, 12a, God said, giving thanks unto the Father. What? Which have made us meet. If you want to get it plain, which has qualified me. See? Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. When he made me meet, he made me qualified. And my qualification is when I quit looking at self and look to him. It's not complicated. It's hard to do, but it's not complicated. 
Being saved is not complicated. Living the Christian life is not complicated. I didn't say it wasn't hard, but it's not complicated. But where it is, is it starts up here. Our thinking. How do we think? If you think wrong, you'll act wrong. You think right? Jesus took our sin and guilt so that we can be credited with his righteousness. That's what God says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Philippians 3.9, Romans 3.21-22. I mean, yes, it is simply that Jesus took our sin and guilt so that we can be credited with righteousness. I couldn't pay my sin that. Couldn't pay my sin debt. I didn't have what it take to pay my sin debt. Somebody had to die. Christ said, I'll die in your place, Tony. And when somebody, I mean, you know, I was 18 years old and I was told that when my brother-in-law bought me a Old car back then that was a, a forty nine Ford, only cost one hundred and fifty bucks. But you know that was compared to a lot fifty five years ago. And I tried to pay him back. He wouldn't take it. And he used Bible on me. You know when Christ gives you something, and that's what he does when he saves you. He gives you freedom, liberty, grace. You go in and just pile them up. All good and perfect gifts come from God. Then number four, clearly nothing we do makes us fit for God's kingdom. We cannot earn a place in it. We cannot purchase a place in it. It is only because of Christ and in Christ that we are qualified to share his or we're qualified to share in God's kingdom. I mean, it's not ours. Colossians 1.12 you know, says, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of life. <coughs> <coughs> and I've heard people say, you know, well, when when I got saved, that's a bad the terminology, you didn't get saved, but we all use it, you know. But, God said here, what? You know, he said, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet. He did the changes in my spiritual condition which was none because I was lost when he granted me grace and he saved me. What did he do? He made us meet. He took a sinner 
and he covered me in his blood. It's not that I decided, and I'm not against witnessing, you know. You know, uh, I had a birthday this month, and Kim had a birthday this month, and I said the same thing when they celebrate mine. I said the same thing the other night when we celebrate hers. You know, it is God that lets you live to be 51 years old. It is God. And when he looked at me, there was no reason that he would do that looking at me. But he's seen me through the eyes. You know, you know, he's seen Jesus. His blood covered me. And he's seen an individual that was going to heaven because I was covered in the blood of Christ. But see, what is contradictory? You can't be covered I don't want nobody to doubt their salvation, but I don't want them to deceive their own self either. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of people I ask, you know, and anymore, the older I get, the more I hardly don't talk to anybody anymore that's, that's you know, that's not a church member. That I don't ask them, where do you go to church? Because there's more lost people in church than there are saved people nationwide. How do you know? Well, when they got 1,500 members and 500 shows up Sunday morning, 250 shows up Sunday night, and maybe 75 on Wednesday night, where's all those other people? You look at them and you look at lost people and, uh, you know, they talk alike, they act alike, they dress alike, they smell alike. You know, I brought up, you know, look like a duck, quack like a duck, and must be a duck. I believe Christians are different. They're different. Second, God has changed our statue or our status and allegiance. First book of Colossians, now let's look at the 13th verse. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, the question is, has he or hasn't he? I don't want anybody to doubt their salvation. I want you, you know, God may take us home tonight. I I want to be ready. Right now, I am ready. But if I let the flesh take over, you know, like I was coming over here tonight, the guy followed me, I don't know, two or three miles, then we'd gone up a hill around a curve, and he passed me. See, so 
you got to watch out for everybody. And you got to watch out about we call associations, we call our best friend, we call this, we call that. Well, you know, I get offended as somebody who treats me like a lost person if I haven't been acting like a lost person. That bother you, Steve? Yeah. He's expressed that. Guy working next to him cuss all the time. Does it because he knows it makes him mad. You know, so you say, well, maybe God uh, put him in that place to make him stronger. You know, if you work by somebody all eight or ten hours and you don't lose your coup, well, it wasn't you. Who was keeping your coup? Have I introduced you to Jesus? So the 13th verse said, who have delivered us from the power of darkness. Well, that's just, you know. No, God said he delivered us from the power of darkness. And he's not talking about daylight and night. He's, He's talking about the darkness of this world. And have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm not concerned as much about what you do as much as does it bother you when you do it. Because if it does, you won't keep doing it. Because God will keep making it harder and harder on you. when he takes the fun out when people say well what's fun about the, about the Christian life man I'm, I'm happy I'm happy when I go to bed and I go to sleep I'm happy when I stay asleep for seven hours I wake up you know I don't deserve that you don't deserve that there's people that, you know God does it and if we're not grateful for the little things, the big things will come and we'll miss it because we're still down there in that little old bitty thing. God rescued us from dominion of darkness, from the tyranny of Satan. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 5 says, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit Join and beholding the order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. God has a way to get our attention. See, God rescues us. And also look up First Corinthians one thirty. But the third point is that God has changed our status and our allegiance. 
Galatians 1.13 said, Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He did it. Galatians 1.13, he did it, right? Who have delivered us from the power of darkness. He took us out of, see, we don't do things unless we enjoy them. The only thing that we do is we work if we got a responsibility, you know. My, in all of my 30 years at IBM wasn't all happy-go-lucky days. But I had a wife and two kids. But now, the world said, hey, man, you know, you, you worked up there for 30 years. You've, you've been preaching, to, you know, 50-some years, you know. Have some fun. You have fun when you can enjoy what you're doing, whatever it is, you know. But God has changed our status and allegiance. God rescued us from the dominion of darkness, from the tyranny of Satan. He said that in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 15. What did he say? Galatians 2, 15. And having spoiled, spoiled principalities and powers, he hath made a show of them openly, triumphant over them in it. Aren't you sort of proud of yourself just a little bit when, you know, you can remember you went to a place and somebody offered you something and you probably should have left it alone, but you took it and, you know, and stood there, you know, just acting like you were having fun. But then you're in that same position a few years later no, I don't, no, I don't use drugs, I don't uh, drink, and if you start cursing, I'll leave, you know. I may have to put up with it at, at when I was working for somebody, but, you know, I don't have to. See, we, he liberates us. From the darkness of, of the, uh, from the darkness of ignorance of God. See, uh, there are so many people, and that's it's hard for us to understand. But there's so many people that are ignorant about God. They're ignorant of God's power. They're ignorant to the fact that God wants wants to bless us. He wants to bless us, but we hinder the blessing. I mean, there are teenagers that are just miserable at, at their house. But if you've got a loving, saved mom and dad, if they say no, it should be for your benefit. Well, when God says no, you can believe it. It's for our benefit. 
If God gave me everything I asked him for, I would destroy myself. I don't know about you. Maybe you have more control than that. But, but anyway, I see in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let's look at verse 4. God said here, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, in whom the God, little g, of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, Shine unto them. I, I won't go into details because I, when I was saved, most of my family had already joined the church. And uh, I said, I'm not going to let some preacher get up there and brainwash me. You know, y'all don't even think for yourself anymore. You know? <coughs> I kept on coming. And I kept on listening. And one thing about it, if me and you are saved, Henrietta, we got some things in common, or one of us, or both of us, are not saved. You know, that's the reason I, I guess I brought it out. You know, I was talking to a man today about an hour, you know, and he said, I'll tell you, preacher, everybody saved in the bride of Christ. I said, <laughs> I said, I just went to the wedding of my granddaughter, you know, and I performed the wedding, so I, there was only one bride. Who was all those other people? They were people that I believe cared, came in respect of my granddaughter or my daughter or myself. They were related. They listened. They were polite. They knew it wasn't going to be any smoking. They knew it wasn't going to be any drinking. They knew it wasn't going to be any cursing because that group knew that if they did, I would ask them to leave. And if they didn't leave, I would call the cops. They know that. So they didn't do that. See, that's, there's different. You have the authority. You have a okay from the Lord to say, don't curse in front of me. And if they say, I'll curse wherever I want to. Yes, you can, but I don't have to listen to it. I'm out of here. See, I have that authority. But I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing, I don't, I don't like anybody to curse and, and these, you know, there's, there's cursing and there's cursing if you understand what I mean. I don't like any of it, but when you go taking my Lord's name in vain, man, it just goes all over me. Get out of my sight. Well, Jesus is saying here in Second Corinthians chapter four, and you know, and 
as we read in verse uh, 4, in whom the God, little g, of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. So we say, I just don't believe that. Why don't you believe that? You just told me a few minutes ago you believe this is God's word. Now, when you say you don't believe that, what are you saying? You can't have it both ways. Then he says in verse 5, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Now, take the hot air out of it, won't you? I'm a servant. You're a servant. Isn't that amazing? Somebody gets sick, man, everybody goes to the house. They've got garden. They'll help with the garden. They'll have to clean the house. You know, they... But as soon as you get feeling well, where did they all go? That's, that's why so many people do the church. They're having problems, they'll run the church. A few weeks, a few months, the problem's over. God has brought them through it. They don't need God no more, so they put him on the shelf again. He don't sit on the shelf. He's either in your heart or he's not in you, period. He's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. God has redeemed us. We've seen that in Galatians chapter 1 verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Didn't say a word about the priest, did it? The Pope or anybody else. It's God. The concept of redemption is this. Freedom at a price. Israel redeemed from the slavery in Egypt. Payment of a ransom price demanded by kidnappers. Redeeming goods from the pawn shop. Not everything that pawns shall be yours, and not everything in this world is ours. The price of spiritual redemption is Jesus Christ. That's look up Mark ten forty five, First Corinthians six twenty eight. I mean, but we we just picked out three four of my favorite, and but the reason I like to give them. To you, I hope you don't just you know throw them into Christ, but you pick them out later and sort of, hey, you know, I didn't get that last night. He was going so fast, I didn't know what he's doing. Well, you got to learn to listen fast is what you got to do. And, uh, but you know, I, I just like outlines. I like to, you know, two or three weeks now I'll pick out one that I preached seven, eight years ago. That, man, that was terrible. I don't see why anybody listened to it. You know. <coughs> but it lets you see how far you came. Probably, 
I doubt if anybody in here that is small group that would, if I told you, I kept a diary every day. It's not me trying to find a woman. It's not me trying to decide what car I wanted. It isn't that. What did you learn today? What did I read today? How many lost people did I talk to today? You know what that does? That doesn't help you. It helps me. How many 24-hour days that we not once thank God for the health that we have? See, the price of spiritual redemption, he gave his life. He gave his life that I may live. I'm going to take Hebrews 9.15 out of the list I said. You can read all of them when you get time. But Hebrews 9.15, And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first Testament, they which are called mighty receive the promise of an eternal inheritance. I like verses like that. It reminds me the best part is yet to come. God has forgiven us according to Galatians chapter 1 verse 14. It said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. You know, those verses I like to underline in my Bible. If you don't write in your Bible, mark in your Bible, that's fine. But I do. And when I look at this verse, in whom we have redemption. I have redemption free. I've been bought half through the blood. He forgives me because he shed his blood for me. Forgiveness. God has forgiven us, as we read in Galatians 1.14. Forgiveness is a further definition of redemption. I hope I don't have anybody like this in, in here, but if you are, don't let me know. I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget. Really? Sure glad God didn't think that way. When I asked him for my sins, he said, but as far as these is from the West. That's hard to do. Preacher, do you know what they did to me? Do you know what they said to me? You know. You, you know. You had a child, you know, maybe tried to kill you or something. You, you had a bad marriage. You know, you raised that child up the best you can. He rounds up in prison, you know. You can't, well, you can, you can blame yourself. You know, you know, 
unused. See, I, that comes home to me, you know. I have a son that was saved under my ministry, called a priest under my ministry, pastor of the church. I went up, it came out of ours. We gave him authority, you know. But now he's in one of those do-de-do-do church, you know. They preach five minutes and sing an hour and a half. Does it bother me? Sure it bothers me. But as I told my wife when she's lived, you take that horse to water, Dad says you can't make him drink. And I'm not going to be miserable because somebody, you know, has I had a woman, when I first came over here down in 1977, she said, I told her that, she said, I'm saved. I said, how are you saved? She said, I was baptized. I said, ma'am, baptism don't save you. Baptism does save you. I was baptized and I was saved. I said, okay, I'll leave. And she said, wait a minute. I want you to know that I hate you. Well, that's strike two because you can't hate somebody. I mean, we say it, but to have it down in our heart where to hate is, if I get bad with it, I'd kill you. So God cancels our sin death through his death of Christ for our sins. God erases the record of our sins. Isn't that wonderful? Galatians chapter 2, verse 14. He says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. So we didn't look up every scripture, but I wrote it down for you, and he said, if you get a break tomorrow, you know, whatever. Like all was days of our life, always been going on for 18 years, you know. You know I, was, I was in the hospital for 41 days, and they were going to have a marriage. Man, one was going to get married on the days of our life. They were already in the church and were they married. Forty-one days later, when I left the hospital, they still didn't get married. <laughs> See, that's uh, we we waste our time. You realize how how much you can read and study for forty-one days. So, as we close, what do we have to do? What does God require of us? Mark 1, 15 tells us, you know, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Do what? Repent and believe the good news. Repent. Change of mind. Change of heart. Leads to change of action. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. And-